The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. This is the gospel of the Lord. Heavenly Father, you have called us your treasured possession, not because of any merit or worthiness in us, but because of your love and your grace. As we hear your word today, help us to see your Son, Jesus Christ, as our most precious treasure, that we might find our value in him alone. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, today we heard three parables from Jesus, the parable of the hidden treasure, the parable of the pearl of great price, and the parable of the net and fish. All of these parables have one thing in common, an aspect which is shared by really most of Jesus' parables. Jesus begins each of these parables by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like this. In other words, through this short, these short stories, Jesus teaches us about a greater reality of the kingdom of heaven and that, uh, what that means for us. Now, sometimes Jesus' parables can be a little difficult to interpret. In some of the lectionary texts in the past few weeks, we've heard Jesus tell parables, and then he himself explains the meaning of the parables to his disciples. However, Jesus doesn't always do this, and when Jesus doesn't explain his parables, different teachers sometimes have different interpretations. And I think this is especially true of two of the parables that we heard today, the parables of the treasure and of the pearl. And so I want to look at two different interpretations today of these parables, and I think we'll see merit perhaps in both of them, but especially we'll see that the message of these parables is still valuable for us today. Now, the first way that these parables are most often interpreted is this, that the kingdom of heaven is represented by the treasure and the pearl in the story. In other words, the most valuable thing that we could possibly desire or obtain is the kingdom of heaven. And the worthiest pursuit of this life is seeking out the treasure of that kingdom. And this treasure is so valuable that we should be willing to give up everything to obtain it. This relates to what Jesus says in other places where he talks about how we should store up our treasure not on earth, but in heaven. Now this interpretation makes a lot of sense. After all, 
isn't obtaining the kingdom of heaven more valuable than anything that we could seek after in this life? Well, first we should ask, what does it mean to actually obtain the kingdom of heaven? Well, the kingdom of heaven means many things to us as Christians. It means, for instance, eternal life in paradise with God. When we think of heaven, that's probably the main thing that we think of. But it also means that in this kingdom, death has lost its sting and no longer has any power over us. The kingdom of heaven also means for us that all hurt and pain and sorrow will be washed away forever. And also the kingdom of heaven is not merely a far-off reality that we're hoping to obtain someday, but the kingdom of heaven also has relevance for us while we still live on this earth. To be part of the kingdom of heaven now means for us that we have hope in this life even though we might experience times of sorrow. It means that no matter what our circumstances might be in this life, that we have the promise that Jesus has ultimately overcome them all. And we have the promise that Jesus is with us here and now in the midst of our troubles. And so to be part of the kingdom of heaven means also that our sins are forgiven in God's sight. And no matter how fallible we may be, God loves us and God saves us. Now, there are probably many more things that we could say about the kingdom of heaven, but as we list out all of the aspects of this kingdom, I think it becomes easier and easier to see how and why this kingdom should be and is our most precious treasure, and that we really should be willing to sacrifice anything in order to obtain it. But a question we have to ask ourselves is, do we always treat this blessing like it's our greatest treasure? Are we always willing to give up things in our lives so that we can obtain this treasure and hold on to it? Now in the parable of the hidden treasure, the man in the story sold all that he had to buy the field that that treasure was hidden in. And in the parable of the pearl again, the man sold everything he had to buy that most precious pearl. Now, it is true that God's grace is a free gift and that we can't do anything to earn the kingdom of heaven for ourselves. But while we live in this life, we may indeed have to make sacrifices for our faith, perhaps very costly sacrifices. Especially in other parts of the world, there are Christians today that are indeed sacrificing much to hold on to their faith, perhaps even their very lives. But if we examine ourselves, do we find that we are willing to make such sacrifices? Now, I think when we examine ourselves, we say, yes, I am willing to even die for my faith. But in truth, I think perhaps it's even harder to be willing to give up the little things in our lives, to do the bare minimum when it comes to the kingdom of heaven. For instance, sometimes we would rather get an extra hour of sleep rather than having the blessing of hearing the saving word of God. Sometimes I could 
convict myself with these words. Sometimes we'd rather stare at our phones for an extra hour of the day than take five minutes to read the word or to pray. Sometimes we spend time listening to hours of the messages that are coming to us from the world, from the sinful world, rather than taking a break from all that and meditating for a moment on the realities of the kingdom of heaven and the blessings that God has for us in it. It seems very hard to give up even these little things, let alone everything that we have to obtain the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes it really is hard as we just walk day to day through our lives to just give up a moment of time or sacrifice a little bit of our resources that we might be blessed as we meditate on this kingdom. Never mind selling all that we have to buy the field. It's difficult for us to put in enough effort to even try to go after and dig up that treasure in the first place. And never mind selling all that we have to buy the precious pearl. It's difficult for us, even in our daily, daily lives, to realize just how valuable, how precious that pearl really is for us. It's easy for us to be tempted to make other things, worldly things, more valuable in our everyday lives. And so as we examine ourselves, we can see that if it's up to us to pay the true cost that it would cost to obtain that kingdom of heaven, there's really no way that we could do it. For instance, if heaven charged an entry fee, there's no way that we could pay. This leads us to the second interpretation of these parables and their treasures. In this interpretation, it is Jesus who sells and gives up everything that he has to buy these treasures. And if that is the interpretation that we have, then what is the precious treasure that Jesus purchases? Well, the precious treasure is, in fact, you and me. I think even as Christians, it's sometimes hard for us to see ourselves as a precious treasure that God would be willing to uh, sacrifice everything to obtain for his kingdom. After all, as we've just realized and confessed in our service, we are all sinners who are unworthy of God's love and his sacrifice. The small catechism says that there is no merit or worthiness in us that God should care for us, even giving us the basic things that we need in everyday life. Yet it is by his grace and his mercy that he cares for us, and even though we are not worthy, he loves us all the same. As we heard in our Old Testament lesson, God displayed this kind of grace and mercy and love towards his people, Israel. As we read in Deuteronomy, at that point, the people had done their wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And in all that time, it's pretty obvious that they didn't do anything to earn God's love or his care or his faithfulness. In fact, we read that they grumbled whenever they were in trouble. They forgot all the ways that God had saved them and blessed them in the past over and over again. Many times they grumbled against Moses, God's representative, and rejected him. And they disobeyed God's commandments time and time again. Yet in our lesson, we hear this from the mouth of God. He says, You are a people holy to the Lord your God. 
The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. So even though they were unworthy, God called Israel his treasured possession, and he explained to them why it was that he treasured them so. He said, the Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath that he swore to your fathers. In this passage, God says that he didn't love Israel because they were worthy. They were worthy because he loved them. In other words, they were not his precious treasure in and of themselves, but because God loved them and forgave them their sins, he saw them as his precious treasure. And God's love for us today is just the same. God does not love us because we are the greatest people who ever lived. We're not the smartest or the most righteous. We're not the most numerous. We don't live in the largest community. But none of these factor in to why God still loves us. In fact, God loved us when we were still unworthy. And he was willing to pay the highest price that we might be made worthy in his sight. God loved us when we were not precious, but the sacrifice he made for us made us his precious treasure. What was the price that God paid to make us his treasure, to buy the treasure that he valued in his own eyes? Well, the price he paid was the blood of his own son, Jesus Christ. In the story, Jesus talks about the field that the treasure was buried in, and that field is like the world. And when Jesus died, he shed his blood in order to save the whole world. And the treasure in that field is like those who believe in Christ and his salvation and hold fast to that faith. This interpretation of the parable plays out in Jesus' own words in John 3.16, where he says, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whoever believed in him would not perish but have eternal life. Just like that treasure to God, we are like that pearl of great price that he sold everything he had to purchase, and it was Jesus who paid that price for us, as the Catechism says, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. And why did he do this? That I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness and innocence and blessedness. So we did not purchase the kingdom of heaven with our works. It was Jesus who purchased us for his kingdom, his kingdom of heaven, and he purchased it with his own sacrifice. So I think we can see merit in both interpretations of these, parab these parables. The kingdom of heaven certainly is a treasure that is certainly worth giving up everything that we have in our lives that we might obtain it, and we might indeed have to give up things for this kingdom. 
in our lives, we should certainly consider whether we really value this precious treasure as much as we should value it for what it is. But ultimately, we do not purchase our entrance into the kingdom of heaven with our good works or our devotion. Rather, it is Jesus who has purchased us for his kingdom. His blood is like that entrance fee to get in the door of the kingdom. And anyone who has been washed in the blood of Christ may certainly enter in. Now, before I conclude for today, we should talk about briefly the third parable that Jesus mentions. And the third parable is really the culmination of the other two. It's where these other parables are going. And that was the parable of the net and the catch of fish. In this parable, the fisherman catches all kinds of fish in his net and he sorts them out. The good fish are collected into containers and the bad fish are thrown away. And in this parable, Jesus is telling us what it will be like at the end of the age when all people will come to that gate of the kingdom of heaven. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace. We know apart from the grace of God, we deserve to go into that furnace as well. But for us, Jesus has called us his precious treasure, and he will not throw that treasure away. So we might not be the strongest people. We might have not have the strongest faith. We might not be the most numerous of people. We might not always be the most diligent, and we certainly are not the most worthy. But God has promised the kingdom of heaven to all who believe that Jesus paid the full price for their salvation. And God never goes back on his promises. As his treasured possession, as we read in our lesson from Romans, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.